Welcome to Tuscan Radio. I'm your host, Drew Gretsch, and today we'll be talking about Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Final review in our uh, original trilogy coverage. Uh, but we've also got a, so much Star Wars news to talk about this week. Starting with the Emmys. Starting with the Emmys. Uh, of course, the Emmys are this weekend, uh, the Sunday. Or the big, you know, like, Oscar-like event. Where maybe we'll get a Book of Boba Fett trailer. No, because remember, guys, last year, Marvel put out the WandaVision trailer. I I think we might get a Boba Fett trailer. Now, I I was thinking either, like, a trailer for Hawkeye or Ms. Marvel, but because the Hawkeye trailer dropped this week, I I think we might get a Boba Fett trailer uh, on Sunday. I, I think that's very possible. Or if not on Sunday, then by the end of the month, we will get a trailer. Uh, But... Uh, the Mandalorian has already won eight Emmys. It's already won eight Emmys. It was nominated for 24 for season two, uh, which was, I, it was tied with something. I know it was like tied for number one. So the crown, it, it, it was, uh, the crown, uh, which tied with the Mandalorian for, uh, 24, uh, nominations this year. So the Mandalorian has won eight of those nominations so far, and those are, Outstanding Cinematography for a Single Camera Half-Hour Series, Matthew Jensen for Chapter 15, The Believer. Outstanding Prosthetic Makeup for Chapter 13, The Jedi. Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Comedy or Drama One-Hour Series, Chapter 13, The Jedi. Outstanding Music Composition for a Series Original Dramatic Score goes to Ludwig Gorenson for Chapter 16, The Rescue. Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Comedy or Drama Series, One Hour. Uh, Is Bonnie Wilde, Stephen Urata, Sean Holden, and Christopher Fogel for Chapter 13, The Jedi. Outstanding special visual effects in a season or movie. Joe Bauer, Richard Bluff, a- a- Abigail Keller, Hal Hickel, Roy K. Cancino, John Nall, Enrico Dam, John Rosengrant, and Joseph Kasparian. Oh yeah, so that's for the whole season. Outstanding stunt coordination goes to Ryan Watson. And outstanding stunt performance goes to Latif Crowder. So yeah, that is... The Mandalorian Season 2, so far at the Emmys. I, I think there's a lot more that uh, they're going to win come Sunday night. Uh, but we've actually got a fair bit of news to talk about. So, uh, we've got four main news stories. Let's start with this one about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So, Fast and Furious star, Sung Kang. So, he says, I used to dress up in the cheap Kmart plastic Halloween costumes, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader almost every single day from 8 to 13 years old. My friends and I would play pretend. We would make our own lightsabers out of toilet paper centers and stuff like that and play and paper towel cardboard and to be able to be on set and see Darth Vader and see the Star Wars universe in front of me. I mean, just as a fan to be able to be part of that history is pretty amazing. I kept pinching myself in to go, how'd I end up here? And and my character has a lightsaber too. To, to go, what? This is, it's not a toy. 
It's actually the real thing, right? So pretty cool. So there are two things that he has told us here. He's told us that he shares screen time with Darth Vader and that he has a lightsaber. There were rumors, there, there ha- have been rumors going around that he's playing the fifth brother Inquisitor from Star Wars Rebels. Um, I, I think this confirms it. I think this confirms it. We will be seeing uh, the fifth brother in this series. So I'm super excited for I'm super excited for this show. You know, this is... This is going to be such a great show. Like, this is something the fans have wanted for years. Like, even the people who hate the prequels say, yeah, but you and Mukarger as Kenobi is pretty damn great. Like, that's the one thing about the prequels that everyone can agree upon is that you and McGregor is the perfect choice to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm so happy that he's... that he's getting his own show now. And, like, we have all of these other projects and development and the fact that they can cross over with each other cool and i i I just can't wait to see it i cannot wait to see what comes next moving on now um the book of boba fett showrunner robert rodriguez has told us what we saw in the mandalorian was is nothing compared to what we're going to see in this new show come december now, Robert Rodriguez did uh, direct last season. He directed season two, episode six, which is uh, chapter 14, The Tragedy, which is one of, I, I, I think it's one of the greatest uh, pieces of Star Wars content out there. I think Mandalorian season two as a whole is some of the best Star Wars imaginable. And that episode was absolutely beautiful and completely well done and it, it was a fantastic it, it's absolutely like the best action we've ever we've ever seen in star wars comes to us from that episode so robert rodriguez uh is given a is just like hyping up this show as much as he possibly can um so he was uh talking with the nerdy basement uh, when he was, when he said, I've got so much to tell you about that, but I'm out of time. Yeah, I can't say anything about that sworn to silence. I can say I'm working on it. And I can tell you it's going to blow your mind. You saw him arrive in my episode of The Mandalorian, and that was nothing. That was nothing. I can talk it up all I want because I know it's going to deliver. I know it's going to over-deliver. So that is so exciting. That is so exciting that he's like, he's like, I, I want to keep my hopes as tempered as possible until we see the show, until we see the first episode. And at the very least, until we get a trailer, until we get a trailer, which, you know, is, let's see if, is there a trailer out right now as I'm recording this? Let's see. Doubt it. Yeah, we do not yet have a trailer for uh Boba Fett. Uh yeah, I mean there's I, I have complete faith in this show. I have complete faith in their vision. 
in the vision of Favreau, of Filoni, and of Rodriguez. I, th- I think that Rodriguez is mostly only involved in this show. I don't think that he... I have a feeling he knows what's happening in Mando Season 3 and in Ahsoka. Uh, and if Rangers is still happening, I'm sure he knows what... Or at least what what, what was going to happen in in Rangers. But, yeah, I just cannot wait to get more weekly Star Wars. I really just... With Bad Batch coming out, like, it was there at first. It's like, yes, weekly Star Wars again. And then over the summer, especially because, like, middle of Bad Batch wasn't all that great. I, I, I still re- really enjoyed the season, but it just wasn't all that great, in my opinion. It was good. It was good. It wasn't... It, it was nowhere near the quality storytelling we got in Mandalorian. But having... um ha- Having weekly Star Wars and live-action Star Wars that, you know, that, like, everybody's watching... I can't wait for it, guys. I cannot wait uh, for December. I, I'm so excited for December. And we, we're going to get a little bit of Star Wars this week with Star Wars Visions. So the plan for Visions, and because this is the last episode that's going to drop before Visions, I'm just going to say this again here. The plan for Visions is to do uh, a podcast on Friday. That's the plan. Podcast on Friday. I've, I've really loved having these uh, Friday podcasts. It is... I love it so much. So... I don't want to... Change it to Wednesdays. Like I did for... Um, a, a, another Marvel podcast. Which is fine. I love doing it on Wednesdays. Like, there is no way that I would be able to do... Multiple podcasts for these huge shows... On the same day. It, it just wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, uh, Visions, we're, I'm going to do a full spoiler review of Season 1 on Friday, September 24th. That's the plan. Uh, and then with the, with the live-action shows and, and the weekly series, what we're going to be doing is, uh, like, stuff that does, like, an episode a day, or an episode a week, is I'll be doing episodes, like, instant takes on Wednesday morning right after I watch the episode. And then I'll do a full show on Friday. So that's going to be the plan there. Um, yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know about that. But yeah, The Book of Boba Fett's coming to Disney Plus in December. I can't wait for it, guys. I cannot wait. I know you guys cannot wait. We're all just so excited to see what is coming from this universe moving forward. Um, next year, the year after, and every year to come. So, moving on now, we've actually got, this is an exclusive news, but this is something that really, really surprised me. Um, so, film composer James Newton Howard has revealed on uh, Score, the podcast, that um, Lawrence Kasdan... You know, um, he's he, he's a screenwriter. You guys might know him. Uh, he wrote such films as uh, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars: Return of the Jedi, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, Solo: A Star Wars Story. I believe he also wrote some Indiana Jones. Yeah, so he did 
write um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So he wrote Raiders, which I believe is, you know, top five films of all time. But it's been revealed that Lawrence Kasdan is directing a six-part documentary series on George Lucas and Industrial Light and Magic. So he, the, the exact quote from Howard is, My friend Larry Kasdan is directing a six-part documentary on George Lucas and ILM, which is amazing. I, I've scored it pretty much. It's in the box. So it's completed. It's done. I think we're getting this next month on Disney Plus. I think it's coming ne- next month. If it's if the scoring is completed, if the scoring is completed, then I think it's done. Because that's usually like the one of the last things that happen is the scoring, and this is something that like needs to be announced, you know, six months to a year in advance because it's. A documentary. It's not a part of the Star Wars universe. It's going to be fascinating. I'm excited to see it, but it is. It, it's just extra. And and Disney Plus has done a great job with their documentaries, with Disney Gallery and Marvel Assembled. I I, and also you know you get to see a, uh, Empire of Dreams, which is fantastic. So. Yeah, I think this is coming soon. I'm going to say this, maybe November, October, November is when I think this is going to drop on Disney Plus. So, yeah, but it, it, it's done. It's done, according to James Newton Howard. So, yeah, I cannot wait to see what happens here with this new uh, doc- documentary series. So... While we're not getting the season three of The Mandalorian this year, we're getting the book of Boba Fett, as I've said many times. Um, it's been rumored that Giancarlo Esposito will be in the book of Boba Fett as Moff Gideon. I think that's very possible. I think that's very possible because Boba Fett, the, the, the series was created because... Of COVID. I, I, I think what happened with the show, and like the show was definitely just because COVID and they wanted to they wanted to shoot something, but they had to shoot something smaller. So they did the Boba Fett show. I think they've like what I'm guessing is they've expanded upon Boba's arc for season three. And that his arc in season three is essentially just gonna be what we're gonna see in the show. I think he's in season three. I think he's in season three. I don't think he's going to be in it as much. I'd say maybe about as much as he was in season two, because he was really only in two episodes. He was really only in two episodes, because he had a cameo at the end of the premiere. He got that full episode, uh, The Tragedy. He was there a bit in uh, The Believer, and then he was in, like, five minutes of the finale. So you, you, you put that all together, it's really only, like, two episodes. Um, while it, while it's credited as four, it's really only two episodes, but yeah, I I think it'll it'll have about the same amount of screen time in season three. Um, but Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito was talking to Variety while on set for the Creative Arts Emmys this past week. Uh, let's see if I can 
find this clip. Here we go. I'm just gonna pull this up, guys. Mandalorian, are we gonna see? Let's talk Mandalorian. Are we gonna see you back next season? Uh, I have to imagine you would. I can't speak for them, but I know I have desire. Um, and I think we need to see Moff to continue the story and to continue the pressure that and the edge that um, someone with the big brain that Moff has thinks about. So I could almost guarantee it, but you know, there's there's never a guarantee. But you know, you'll see me, baby. Come on. I mean, the fact that I'm here tonight, the fact that I'm here tonight, and and in the position I am to be nominated for Moff Gideon, I, I, I just I thank John Favreau and I thank. Dave Filoni and I thank Disney and um, Kathleen Kennedy for producing. It, it's just like this, this show, though. Um, it's taking people by storm because there's so much to love. Let's talk Mandalore. So yeah, um, of course he's in season three. Of course he's in season three. If where we left off at the end of season two, he's in it. He's in it, and he would know by now if 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 he wasn't in it. He'd know by now if if, if he wasn't in it because they start shooting. What, on Monday? Yeah, they, they start shooting on Monday. Is when... Um, I think that's set. I think that's set. Like, they start filming on Monday for season three. According to... Uh, coast, as According to the series co-star and director... Um, uh, Grief Cargo. That's not his name. Uh, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, yeah. Um... But yeah, so he's in it. He's in it. I cannot wait to see what happens in Mando season three and Book of Boba. But of course, all and maybe more Luke Skywalker. But Luke's story did not start there. Luke's story started, and where Luke's Luke's story really started in Return of Jedi. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. That was a great segue. I'm so proud of myself for that. The... Because... <laughs> that's where Luke's story really starts. I, in my opinion. In my opinion. Because imagine if, like, we got a full Captain America trilogy. And he doesn't become Captain America until the end of the third movie. You know? It's true what it's like for Luke. It's all about Luke... The original trilogy is, is about Luke becoming a Jedi. It's all about Luke becoming a Jedi. That story doesn't fully come to fruition until episode six. Ep- episode six, you know, the, the, these last two weeks, I didn't even talk about New Hope. I, with New Hope, that episode, I just talked about what Star Wars means to me and why I love it. Last week, if Yvonne and I only give, gave praise. We only gave the most praise you could possibly give a film when we talk about Empire Strikes Back. But Return Jedi has some flaws in it. It has some flaws in it. Uh, There's not many. There's not many. Some of those, one of those flaws has been uh, rectified by the Mandalorian. But it has some flaws, especially when, when we now look at the full context of the Skywalker saga. There are flaws in that movie. And, and I love Jedi. I love Return Jedi. I think this is a great film. I had a huge smile on my face the entire time when I was watching it the other day. I 
love it so much. But I'm going to start with the flaws. I'm going to start with the actual flaws of the film. And that's the Ewoks. I'm glad the Ewoks do things. I'm really glad the Ewoks do things. Um, but I, I, I just think they're kind of silly. I think they're kind of silly. I think it's a really big stretch to just imagine, wow, you know, these teddy bears, their sticks and stones can defeat the greatest power in the galaxy. The greatest technical power. Um, I think that's a bit of a stretch. It's a really big stretch. Um, but yeah, you know, they're, they're still fun. They're still fun. That moment when that the Ewok dies, though. When the Ewok dies, that is... That's a great moment. That's a really great moment. Other flaws. The, the flaw that has been rectified by the Mandalorian is Boba Fett being taken out like total punk. And that was something that was even fixed before the Mandalorian. Because I think the main headcanon there is that he saw a Jedi... He saw a Jedi, and he got his... He, Boba Fett got tunnel vision. He got tunnel vision because... It was like, he killed my father. You know, he killed my father. And, like, that's... That's something right there that I think really... Of course, it, it wasn't like to kill his father, but, like, he just sees see, see a Jedi, and he's like, this is it, this is, like, the last one. It's the last one. Um... And then he uh, tries to kill Luke, Han, Han. Han hits him in the back with the jetpack or with the the gaffy. It's not a gaffy stick, but it's it's like a staff. Boba Fett, where he dies like a cartoon character. He dies like a cartoon character. You know, I think that I think the tunnel vision thing. Is fine. I, th- I really like that explanation for it. He wasn't paying attention to what Han was doing. And that's how he went out. But Mando, I think we're getting to see the, the hero Boba Fett. The hero Boba Fett. Um, I, I love that. I love it so much. We're going to see Boba as a hero now on television. I think it's amazing. The other flaw with this movie... One that has been brought back. This wasn't a flaw. This wasn't a flaw. It is now. Uh, It's Palpatine. And I'm not going to treat this as a flaw of Return of the Jedi. I'm going to treat this as a flaw of of the Rise of Skywalker, which there are many. Just, I didn't feel stakes. I, I didn't feel stakes while watching this movie this time. I felt stakes with Empire. I felt a lot of stakes with Empire. It wasn't because I know these movies are like the back of my hand. It was because it, it, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Because Palpatine comes back in 30 years. When the dead speak, it it's fine. It's fine. It just really cheapens. And, it, and look, I don't think it cheapens Anakin's sacrifice. I don't think it cheapens that. I think it cheapens 
Because the, the force will never be in balance. The force will never be in balance. There might be... The, the force can be in balance. The force will always come back out of balance. To quote Vision in Captain America Civil War, our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict. Conflict breeds catastrophe. The force will never be in balance. But... And it can brought balance for a time. And then he told Ray to bring it back. And she did. When the inevitable Star Wars Episode Ten is released, there's there's going to be another Sith. There's going to be another Sith. Pretty God's not Palpatine. Maybe not a Sith. We could, we, could, we could get the Yuuzhan Vong, but there's always going to be a threat to the galaxy. There's always going to be a threat to the galaxy. Everyone on this planet is in constant war. There's constant war on Earth. So, that's just how I see the, the war in Star Wars, you know? People are like, well, I mean, it's kind of unrealistic that, like, all, th- like, the Clone War and the Galactic Civil War... And then the the Star Killer stuff. We don't even have a name for it yet. I I would just call it the first sort of resistance conflict. Uh, but really, it's more just like the Star Killer incident. All three of those things are in like seventy years of each other. Do you want to know what was also in seventy years of of, of each other? It was World War One, World War Two, the Korean War, and Vietnam. So, there's precedent in our own world for new... There's precedent for, like, there's just be this constant cycle of war. And what George wanted to do was tell stories of good people in war. To have these big sweeping stories of... Of heroism. So, I, I, and Palpatine's plan now, when like rewatching this movie, we're, it, it was always like, strike me down and you journey to the dark side would be complete. It was like, no, because striking him down would be the hate. That's the hate. And the hate will eventually turn you to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I thought that was beautiful. I always thought that was beautiful. And now, when I watch this movie, all I think is, Strike me down and my spirit shall pass into you. Like, what? what is that line? What is that line? Strike me down and my spirit will pass into you. I... I want a great movie and I'm just mad about the Rise of Skywalker now. <laughs> I I still love The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I still love those movies. And, and I think The Rise of Skywalker is fun. I think The Rise of Skywalker is fun. But it's... It is a really big mess. It's a massive movie. Um, let's get into the stuff I, I, I do love about this film. And there's a lot of stuff I really love about this movie. As much as I love 
The Mandalorian and The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and parts of Rise of Skywalker and Resistance. It's... I always just thought they partied forever on the moon of Endor. The party just never ended. You know, they, they always were there. Dancing with the Ewoks. I just... You know, but people move, but people do move on. And I love the culmination of this film. I really love the culmination of this film. And John Williams does really good score in this movie. It really is a good score. It, the, the, the score in this movie is no is nowhere near the score in of of um the previous two films. But um I just really love the um sort of culminating the culmination that we get here love all the stuff with java love all the stuff with java and i'm gonna jump around a lot here guys i'm gonna jump around a lot here um really showing us that our first good look at the star wars underworld is java's palace and it's just like it's so cool just I want spinoffs about all these guys. I really want spinoffs about all these guys. Um, we're never going to get that. We're never going to get that. But I'd, I'd love to see it. I really would love to see it. Um, you know what? The, the music that plays when Luke and Vader are fighting is just so beautiful. It's so beautiful because it's not the more action tone of, you know, something like Duel of Hates or Battle of the Heroes. It's it's emotional. Luke is Luke is fighting for his father. Luke's fighting to save Anakin. For Anakin to defeat the monster inside of him that he's that he's become. So, this is just a beautiful theme. The final duel. And I just think that everything about that final duel is perfect. It's perfect. It's slower. It's more choreographed. Luke's been training, you can tell. It really feels like a duel with stakes, and I feel like that's thing that Star Wars saber duels need to have is stakes. To have emotion. You didn't really feel it in New Hope or an Empire. Here you really feel it. You feel it in the prequels. You feel it in The Last Jedi, for sure. You feel it in The Last Jedi. I don't think you feel it in Rise of Skywalker. Yvonne and I are going to be doing an episode pretty soon here about um, rewriting the sequels. P particularly Rise of Skywalker. Particularly Rise of Skywalker. There's not much I'd change in, in the first films, but Rise of Skywalker is a lot we would change. So we're going to be bringing that to you guys pretty soon. Um, but there's a moment in the duel where Luke jumps on top the... What is it? The uh, the stairs. 
He's looking down at Vader, and Vader just goes, Obi-Wan has trained you well. Of course, it was not George's original intent at the time, but, you know, he, Luke had the high ground there. Luke had the high ground there. I... So that's a great scene. That's a really great moment. I'm going to move on a bit now to the Yoda stuff. The Yoda stuff in this movie, you really see, in my opinion, I think you really see a real Yoda. Of course, always real Yoda. It's always puppet, except for the prequels. But Yoda's... There are two sides to Yoda. We see a Yoda in Empire who's silly and playful. Then the Yoda we see in this movie is very calm, serene, and thoughtful. So that's something I, I really love. Um, and Yoda's death, just that line, there is another Skywalker. There's another Skywalker. And and the way that he just doesn't tell Luke who it is. He doesn't tell Luke who it is. Luke leaves the hut. Then he talks with Obi-Wan. And that scene with Obi-Wan is beautiful. Then the Emperor has already won. You were our last hope. Yoda spoke of another. The other he spoke of was your twin sister. But I have no sister. In order to ensure your safety. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I know that part, I know that part by heart, and then, I don't know the rest of it by heart, unfortunately. Um, but, that is great line it's a great line it's a great scene leia's my sister you know it's just oh it's i, I love this movie so much i love this whole trilogy I love this whole trilogy i'm trying to think of what else i have to say what else i really have to say about this film love all of it love all of it so much but yeah, there's not as much talk about this movie as there is with the first two. Really not as much. And I'm excited to get in The Phantom Menace. I'm excited to get in The Phantom Menace and the prequels, because you guys know, prequel generation, that's my Star Wars. That is my Star Wars, the prequels and the Clone Wars. Um, But all Star Wars, you know, Star Wars can speak to... There's Everyone has one piece of Star Wars out there they can love that's all i love that's what i love about this universe it's all about this franchise that everyone can love star wars everyone can love star wars that's why i love star wars is because everyone can love it and everyone's seen it you can always talk about stars with people um it might be a little harder in some places than others but you can always you can almost always find find a way don't don't always say it but you guys think through conversations you've had you can always find a way to sneak star wars in there um whether it's to reference or you know talk about anything with it because it 
especially with Mandalorian now. I freaking love the Mandalorian. I want to see what well, I want to see from Star Wars. Um, and this is the first time I've actually said this on the podcast before, guys, I think. Uh, but I really want to go into film. I really want to go into film. Um, that's my passion. It's always been my, my passion. The Force Awakens is what inspired me to be a filmmaker. That's one of the reasons why I love the movie so much. It's because that The Force Awakens inspired me on, to, on such a deep and personal level. And I want to direct two Star Wars movies. A Star Wars movie. One, oh, one direct, one story across two films. That's what it is. One of those films is a Bothans film. Um, I've got scripts for, for both of them. You guys may remember. I was going to do a Bothans podcast. Adapting that film into a podcast. I ultimately decided not to go through with it. Because... If I did that, I would never get to do it. And I'd never get to on the big screen. It would never become a true part of Star Wars. So that's why I canceled Bothans. That's why this movie, I watch so intently every time because I want to get the tone right. Really, really. So Bothans was going to be Rogue One. It was going to be Rogue One in the Return Jedi era. But it's not the same as Rogue One. It's not the same as Rogue One. There are, of course, there are elements of Rogue One in the movie, but there are elements of every Star Wars in the movie. Um, but yeah, that's about all I can say, because, I again, I do want to make this movie someday, so I can't say much about it, but it was going to be a, sort of a Rogue One, so I returned to my era. So, yeah, it is... It, it, it's through my mind to get to direct a, a film. A film. Bigger dream to direct a Star Wars film. So, yeah. Uh, but that's about really all I gotta say about Turn Jedi. I, I love this movie so much. I, I do. I love this movie so much. Because this is also the first one when I first saw these movies that I really liked. First time I saw Star Wars, the original trilogy. This this first one I really liked. I didn't... I was bored by, by New Hope. It's bored by New Hope. Then I watched Clone Wars and played some of the Lego game, and that's what made me love it. Then I saw Empire. It was a bit too dark for me. But I love this movie. I thought this movie was insane. I thought this movie was awesome. And, you know, these movies, they age with you. They age with you. You can always come back to Star Wars. So, I I, I love this movie so much. I love, I love this franchise so much. And I... I the reason, guys, I think through ways to make The Rise of Skywalker better is because I want to be in love with every piece of Star Wars that comes out. That's just not realistic, though. I'm not going to... I'm not even expecting to even like all of these Vision shorts to come out next week. This week. A couple days. I'm expecting, you know, there, there are three of them that I think I'm going to love. Um... The three I'm most excited for are the Duel, the Twins, and the Ninth Jedi. Though those are three that I'm super excited for. But then you got stuff like Lop and Ocho and T Zero B One. It's like, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Star Wars should be fun. Star Wars should be fun. And that's what this movie is. This movie's a lot of fun. Um, 
But yeah, I want every piece of Star Wars to resonate with me on a deep level, the way The Force Awakens did. The way Rogue One did. Rogue One is my favorite movie of all time. So, yeah, that, that that's why I do that, guys. That's why, that's why I do that. So, yeah, thank you guys so, so much for, for listening. Make sure to send in your feedback for Visions next week because uh, if we get enough feedback for it, we'll do another feedback show. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at Tuscan Radio Pod. Check out the email, TuscanRadio at gmail.com, and we'll read an email here on the show. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help out the podcast so much. And if you're a Marvel fan, check out another Marvel podcast. We're covering What If right now. We'll be, while we won't be covering a Star Wars movie next Friday, we'll be covering a Marvel movie next Friday. We'll be covering Venom. Because Venom 2 looks awesome, and I got my tickets, and I cannot wait. So, yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. May the Force be with you.